Was it good? Was it bad? What was it like working with him, working with her? You'll hear all the tales you wish you knew. Every aspect of the theater, too. Feel your love of Broadway anew. On Backstage Babble. Hi, this is Charles Kirsch, and welcome to Backstage Babble. Backstage Babble is a podcast interviewing professionals in the theater industry about themselves, their careers, and the people they've worked with along the way. Today, I couldn't be more thrilled to present my interview with an actress who I believe to be one of the greatest working on stage today, Mary Louise Burke. Mary Louise is currently performing in Annie Baker's Infinite Life in London after premiering it in New York, and her other credits include the Broadway productions of True West, Inherit the Wind, Into the Woods, Is He Dead, and Fish in the Dark, as well as Epiphany, The Savannah Disputation, Everybody, The Eden Cinema, and more off-Broadway. She has also been the common muse of playwright David Lindsay Abair, starring in the original play Kimberly Akimbo, as well as Ripcord, Wonder of the World, and Fuddy Mears. And now, without further ado, here's Mary Louise Burke. Well, so I'd love to start us off by asking you, how did you first become interested in acting? Do you know, I think that I actually first became interested in it when I was um, um, a teenager in a small uh, mill town in Pennsylvania. Um, and I, from watching um, this, this was in the 50s. 1950s you know and and uh and and this was i from watching um a, a lot of uh, the television shows that were being broadcast out of new york there were a couple of them that were devoted to that the, some of them were even recorded live uh you know so uh but but like playhouse 90 and i don't know westinghouse studio something and whatever and and so i was watching these um new york actors perform this material by um uh i don't know people like rod serling you know and 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 uh i just i just it, it just was really fascinating to me and attractive to me I loved what they were doing and uh and I I think I wanted to do it however it took like another 20 some years till I even pursued it you know I had I just had to go down other pathways first that seemed more acceptable uh uh given my background and 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 everything but um uh but uh, then um, an aunt of mine, my father's sister, uh, saw me performing in, in college. And it was a small college in central Pennsylvania. And, um, and I mean, it wasn't a training program, you know, it was just the wig and buckle club, 
you know, and, and so, um, and, and she really thought, and she was kind of the black sheep of the family, of her generation family, you know, and, and she wanted to get out of that little town as soon as she could and, and pursue, you know, her, her um, other artistic visions, um, or uh, other kinds of career um, visions that, and, um, and 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 she and she just she just encouraged me and uh and uh after i had screwed up uh several other possibilities <laughs> because of the for things i didn't want to do um she said look why don't you if you're just going to get a survival job and whatever why don't you come down and live with us outside of philadelphia and there's a a little a theater school over uh, in the country there and if and if they'll and if they'll take you you can you can uh spend some time living with us get a job a day job in philadelphia and and go over there at night uh, a couple times a week and and take classes and so that's that's how it how it all it, that's how it kind of sorted out I, I I I I made sure I did it the hard way, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, I I didn't just drift. I wanted it very much, but I didn't. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to quite to pursue that. Um, I think that if I had wanted to say right, you know, maybe people in my town and family you know would have understood better but you know yes i was just kind of this you know high school nerd <laughs> that is <laughs> and they didn't expect me to act <laughs> yeah right and i'd be curious to know what were some of the kind of professions that you tried before acting and did you find that you learned from them still for when you were starting the acting career? Well, uh, I went to grad school in English Lit at the University of Wisconsin. And with the thought at that point of, of perhaps becoming a college teacher, I knew I didn't want to teach high school, but I wanted to teach college. But, but maybe college would be different, you know. So, um, And I had an assistantship. Um, uh, for a semester and um and I just hated it and so that I knew oh well that's 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 not realistic anymore <laughs> you know so uh that was probably the one I I I followed most most um that I investigate, that I actually was immersed in for a bit, you know. Other things, I mean, you know, because there was a major in with an MA in English Lit, and what do you do with that if you don't want to teach, you know? And so I was in an odd position. So I mainly, then once I started taking, you know, these these classes. Uh, at the Hedgerow Theater outside Philadelphia, and I'd go in on a commuter train to downtown Philadelphia and work my day job, get clutching my copy of the Seagull <laughs> or whatever scene I was working on, you know, and in for class, and um, 
and and so that just that 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 duality just became my life for uh, a while until I actually um, um, could could structure a career in it, you know. And what made you decide when it was time to move to New York and start pursuing a career in acting there? Well, um, I was I I was very unhappy. Uh, my marriage had ended, um, and um, and uh, a friend of mine was getting her one of my best friends in Philadelphia was getting her master's in directing at Temple University and so she cast me in her um in her thesis production of House of Blue Leaves and I played bananas and and people were so crazy about it and about what I did and and uh and she and her husband actually really and encouraged me to, you know, look, now it's time, you, you, you got to go and start getting more opportunities. At that time in Philadelphia, there weren't as many acting opportunities as there are now. I was in a, a couple of small companies, but um, that were very artsy. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and it, it, but there just wasn't a lot um there just were a lot of opportunities there i think there are now i mean they're there yeah so but yeah <laughs> so, they, they practically pushed me onto the turnpike <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so once you did reach new york how did you find that your experience was unique entering at a older age than most people do who are starting out as actors well i you know i i i always say that that i actually moved to new york to have more opportunities to act for free <laughs> because at that point i didn't quite have the guts to believe in myself enough that i could have a career you know um but this was I arrived here in the early 70s and it was a time when off off Broadway was wide open you know you just bought backstage on a Thursday and saw the auditions and you'd go in and audition and I started getting getting non-paying jobs um you know and uh and and that was uh I I just assumed that was that was my life and uh and then uh, and then it got harder and harder to uh, you know as i as i got older to to juggle day jobs and acting and 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 i finally a friend introduced me to an agent and and so i finally started to uh to to get to get some work in um and get paid for it and uh and i was i was fortunate i was i had some of the best day job 
bosses a girl could have. I mean, they, you know, I, I, I happen to to work at places that 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 indulged my dream, you know, and uh, and and came to see the shows, and, and you know, and believed me, believed in me, and um, um, and and. I also was a really good secretary, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the process like of figuring out sort of what type of roles you would specialize in or audition for mostly? I, I, I was lucky enough to get in, involved with a couple of uh, directors early on who uh, I was very, very much a, um, a character actress. I was overweight. I was like, you know, uh, whatever. And um, and and I was fortunate enough to get involved with a couple of directors who uh, kind of cast me and stuff. Anyway, you know, in acting class or in uh, our productions, and uh, and I was working with some new material, new writers and stuff, and. Um, and and so i got to um i i got to get out there enough um that uh i could get more possibilities right yeah but it was you know it's, was having someone believe in me to begin with <laughs> people believe in me to begin with yeah and i'd love to ask about a show you did off broadway which was the eden cinema with brooke shields and oh my goodness yes <laughs> what that was like early on um well it was uh it was really that was a tough one it was a very uh, the director was very quirky and demanding and French and uh, and um and so the work on it was hard but but the experience with the people was wonderful I adored Brooke she was just wonderful and I think this was probably her first stage role um she was a student at Princeton at the time and I think was majoring in French and so this director had asked her whether on spring break she would like to do this this play you know and so um she would come we had bodyguards at every rehearsal you know up there in theater row and um uh when if we went out on a break to get lunch somewhere or, or shop the barney guards always came came with us you know and um and she was lovely josh hamilton was in it too i was playing their mother brooke shields and josh hamilton's mother and um and um it was um it was a it was a it was a a, a quirky experimental experience i wouldn't rush out and pursue this exact same one again <laughs> but but it 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 you know you you always you always learn something and 
and being with the other people and with people and you you know it's 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 the experience was not not valuable right yeah and you mentioned having taken a lot of acting classes early on in new york and is there a specific kind of style or method of acting that you oh no i didn't i, I didn't really take classes in new york oh. i i did i did very briefly study with with kevin o'connor um who had a a group called the workshop theater and i did plays with him and and he 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 was very encouraging to me and everything and 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 briefly he was teaching for maybe i don't know six months or something and then and um and but i i i didn't really take classes as such in new york it wasn't i was never at a studio or anything you know yeah and was there a moment in your career where you found it to be kind of a turning point of you decided to start auditioning for bigger projects and and being an actress full-time well at one point my I, I i was i was starting to get jobs at regional theaters you know i worked at capitol rep in albany and hartford stage and um and and um i forget everything but i was i was i i was getting work out of town and then at a certain point um she said uh again we have to keep you in town now because you're not being seen out out there and and um and so it was really after that that my uh um you know at, at some point then that resulted in my relationship with david lindsay abair mm. who you know we were just chemically family you know and uh uh and and um and the guy who was used to run Soho Rep put us together, um, uh, introduced me to David for uh, David's very first play that was done in New York. It was called A Devil Inside. I think maybe 35 people saw it. I don't know. You know, it was really, it was really, uh, uh, you know, but, but it, it kind of launched his career because he was, it, it was crazy. It was all over the place. I killed somebody by pushing them into a, a, a laundry dryer, you know, and I, I, I and, and, but it started that relationship. And the next thing we did together was um, Funny Mears. Right. And <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I've interviewed him as well, and he said that you're kind of his muse for most. Oh, he is so things. dear about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what do you think it is about his writing style and your acting style that kind of meld so well? Um. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I it, we seem to have the same. Um the same sensibility um i love that 
some of his early work is pretty crazy, but he was crazy in a fun way. And then as he got older, he 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 stirred more depth into into uh, his style. I I don't know. I think we just we just uh, grew together. I, I I I don't know. Maybe it's um, you know he's irreverent, and I'm kind of irreverent once you get to know me. And uh, you you know when we both come from a kind of working class background, and and uh, um, although he you know he had an easier path, quicker path into it into the business that I did um and uh um and but which thank god for him I mean you know it was, it was just two different lives um I'm not jealous of it <laughs> you know I didn't and uh I so I don't know it's it's uh it's funny isn't it sometimes you just uh share that sensibility and I, you know i just i feel very uh very honored that 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 we hit it off yeah and so around <laughs> its time of two great actors who you worked with were julie harris and george c scott on different plays and what was it like to be working with them and kind of learning from them well um it, julie harris uh it, it was such a wonderful lady and a consummate professional you know and i of course knew her work um over the years and for movies and everything and um and uh it, it was just it was and and this was on this national tour uh and of lettuce and lovage and um and we were going out all over the country and she loved that she loved doing that you know and she had friends and favorite restaurants and stuff in just about every city we went to uh and i just considered it the greatest uh you know privilege to be around her um her example and, and then um, George C. Scott, I'd be curious about, too, on your Broadway debut. <laughs> George C. Scott was in a very difficult period at that time. Um, we were to do Inherit the Wind. Um, he, um, in fact, I think it was probably his last play play uh, actually before he died i'm not sure but i think but but he he had been shooting some movie in west virginia or something and he was very sick at the beginning of the rehearsal process and um you know and he he also had some um really self-destructive habits right. and um and so he 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 actually wasn't around all the time. He was uh, Tony Randall, uh, uh, Randall's National Actress Theater. Tony cast himself as George's understudy, and so when George 
wasn't able to do a performance. Uh, Tony would go on it. He'd go out and charm the audience with a curtain speech, you know. They were still seeing someone famous, you know. <laughs> and 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 also Tony Randall had had gotten his big break in theater by playing the reporter in uh, in the first production of Inherit the Wind. Uh, Anthony Held was playing that. Um, in this production, and um, you know, so uh, uh, George was was it, it, it was wonderful to watch him work when he was there and working. It it was um, uh, it, 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 it 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 was it it was hard breaking uh, to see him be uh, um to know that he was being so self-destructive too i mean like smoking luckies but having a uh, an oxygen thing in his dressing room and you know what i mean it was and and but it was i am so i was so happy to to watch him work and he was ideal for that role and um and i remember one time i went up early uh for the curtain call we were um the, uh, the hang out in the basement and then go up for the uh, for the curtain call and and so i went up to this um other side of of the stage and earlier than i usually did and i watched him play this moment that i hadn't seen him do before um where he he had put in a, a, he had added this wonderful beat where he realized where it you could see that it also pained him to have defeated this rival this this and the the you know the other lawyer played by charles charles derning that it was actually painful to beat him that that he wanted to win and he believed in in his cause and not in his adversary's cause and and he was doing the right thing, but you could also see kind of that man to man there was respect coming from him as well. Uh, and uh, I thought, oh, wow, you know it, that was that was amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. But, and you mentioned, of course, David Lindsay Abair, and one of his great roles that you did was Kimberly Kimbo in the original. Yeah. And what was the process like of taking on that role and finding that kind of balance between the older woman and the younger woman? And um, it, oh well, I just love that so much. Um, it, it was such a very particular challenge, and um, and I. I remember as we started, of course, the scenes were David's and they were there and everything, and they and he had written them beautifully. Uh, the 
uh, the stuff between John Gallagher Jr. and me. <laughs> and, um, you know, who was still a teenager uh, <laughs> during that. Uh, and um, and I remember um, a wonderful, brilliant Broadway costume designer, Marty Pacladinas, did the costumes for that. And uh, and we did it first, uh, the play first, out at South Coast Rap in, um, in, in oh gosh, what, I can't remember what city it's in, in Southern California. Um, it's farther south in like San Diego or something. It's a, anyway, it's called South Coast Rep. I'm just going blank on the on the on the a city it's in and and that theater had commissioned the play so they had the rights to the first production of it so um um you know manhattan theater club wanted to do it because they had already taken in david lizzie bear but but the first production had to be uh theirs and and so we were getting ready to, to fly out to california in january and and so um uh he he said so we talked started talking about wardrobe and defining a defining wardrobe for her we started talking about that uh and i had never met him before you know we're sitting here in the my apartment you know talking about this and and i just said to start out the first thing i said i said well first of all no kittens and no bunnies <laughs> you know it's uh, because i said you know i mean really in uh you know in in you know outside new york you see elderly women with sweatshirts with bunnies and blah, blah, and, and and that kind of thing on them and i said so you know she's not she's more uh, uh, uh she's more savvy than that she's a little more sophisticated than that and uh but but she wouldn't have been all the way to like goth which was out there at that time and uh and anyway so i i think i think he and i became like really besties by talking about kimberly's clothing <laughs> you know and figuring out uh um you know that uh, you know how she, how we how she would fit in but also be different you know and because she she just had a different physical reality you know and uh um and anyway um it it, it was wonderful i just john gallagher jr was wonderful to work with and um and uh and and of course david just wrote it he didn't condescend to them at all you know he, he just wrote them so uh like the two sanest people in the play right and and did you find it was a challenge to kind of get into the headspace of a teenager and think how they would think no oh no <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. It was just, it was just, it was just in, it was in the way she talked and stuff and the things she said, you know, that, you know, 
you could see where she was a typical teenager and, and where she uh, had a whole different perspective, um, you know, how she handled um, the reality that a teenager almost never has to hand, handle. Right. Yeah. And I'd be curious to know, too, the property has kind of gained even more popularity as a musical now. And it has. And have you seen the musical or what do you? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, David had told me they were do working on it. He and, 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 and the composer and, and, you know, he kept me informed about it and everything. And, uh, and I saw it at the Atlantic and then I saw it on Broadway and, and enjoyed it enjoyed it very much you know and it, it it was a different it was a different animal you know it's a, a musical is just different you know so uh yeah and a lot of his plays kind of have a balance between humor and kind of sad situations and yeah, yeah. What, like as an actress to kind of figure that out and do you play sort of one more than the other or yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just, uh, I just, I just, I I just try to get on that wavelength, you know, and which is true in infinite life as well in a very different way. But I mean, you know, that's that's a whole different kind of roller coaster, you know, a whole different <laughs> style. Uh, but but. You know, Annie and her fashion tries to have it both ways too. Right. <laughs> and what to talk about Infinite Life, of course, we're skipping ahead, but what was it like to have all those kind of pauses and moments of rest on stage and sort of figuring out how to, like, for how long to do that and all of that? Annie, Annie. Uh, and 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 James McDonald, who directed it, and and it, they're very much in sync. You know, he he's a wonderful director for her. And at first, um, it, they were the pause police. You know, <laughs> they were uh, they kind of. Uh, said where you needed to be shorter or longer and and then I think we just gradually took in how that worked and 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 what door that opened in inside um of, of of creating the character how uh, why she needed that what yeah why she needed the pause or didn't need and, it and it and it doesn't it doesn't feel unnatural now you know at the beginning you know you would it it, it, it would you you just had to get used to it, and then and then you, and then you learned actually what it was accomplishing, you know, right. and and you just didn't fight it anymore, you know, and realized the opportunity that was 
that was there. Yeah. And what is it like to have the experience of playing someone who's kind of suffering so much throughout the whole play and with this pain? And I think that that's why we all ended up feeling so tired after a show, even though we were lying down for most <laughs> of the time, you know? Right. We'd say, I mean, it wasn't, you know, epiphany. I was running up and down that staircase, you know, and over and over and over. And of course, here I'm, 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 you know, in a lounge chair most of uh, the time I'm on stage, you know, and, and it, and, and it, 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 it that restriction is, is as demanding as a, 12 step staircase you know in its fashion does that make sense yes yes it definitely does <laughs> and so to go back to the kind of musical side of things that we were talking about you of course were in the revival of into the woods on broadway and had you considered kind of auditioning for singing roles before that or not one bit not one bit i i uh and i I was I was very very nervous about it, and I think that that you know I was my own worst enemy during the rehearsal process. I think somewhat because I was so I I I just felt so insecure about singing, and also never having done a musical, I just didn't know like how the floor is laid out and and your and your your movement and the dancing is i just didn't know how how they did that and uh and and everybody else involved was familiar with it and i don't think they knew that i was writing down things like move to slightly upstage right of the drape on that you know and 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 it turns out there was a grid in rehearsal on the floor and you move to h two or something you know and and i i i uh I, I it took me a while to pick up that and everything and i was very insecure but everyone was just wonderful to me and um uh paul Gemignani was a god and uh of course mr sondheim and and james lapine and and uh and it um I, I I I was scared every night, but I think I understand that I did make it work. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd be curious to know, were there ever roles that you turned down for whatever reason or what would make you kind of accept or turn down a role? Um, at the beginning, I would say yes to anything you know what i mean i just i i just needed the experience and everything um i i guess that i really want to want to do it i went you know i went there to be something drawing me to it that you know that that um that it 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 is really interesting and 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 goes with my taste and stuff like that because eight shows a week is hard 
you know, even, even, uh, you know, I've done some small things on TV, you know, recurring things and stuff like that. And even there, if it's, if it's like, just kind of like, uh, you know, by the numbers, I just don't audition because, um, because, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to right now financially. So I'm, you know, I'm not desperate i've had enough experience and and a couple of big commercials in the past <laughs> i would be curious to know what kind of drew you to epiphany in that way that you were talking about of wanting to do things it it was just i did a a, a table read of it when they were, like I said, I was thinking of doing it. I think they did maybe a few table reads. I don't know. Uh, and I did one of them. And, um, and you know, when I, when I got that script, it just, uh, it, it was sort of like a no brainer. I, I just sort of knew how that lady talked and, and how she thought about things. And, um, and I just, uh, I, I mean, I didn't, I, you know, I still had lots of questions, but I just, um, you know, I felt her, her sensibility so much. I felt I could hear her, and and um, that doesn't mean I always understood uh, where the play was going, you know, and uh, from the beginning. But um, it, it was, it, it was an adventure. It, it was an adventure, and I also just felt very simpatico with that character, even even though you know I I, I don't think I'd like her, uh, but she was. I just I just kind of heard her. I, it wasn't an intellectual decision, really. I mean, I just I, you know once I I did a reading of it, and I thought, well, if they want me, I want them, you know. <laughs> So I'd be curious to know kind of on the opposite side of that, has there been a role that you found especially difficult to kind of tap into? Well, I I had wanted desperately to do a Sam Shepard play. And um and I I had uh, you know that he was you know, Kevin O'Connor, whom I worked with when I first arrived in New York, had done a lot of shit, Sam's plays and stuff like that. He was, he was very, and I, and I, and he was like in my sort of pantheon. And I wanted, I really wanted to, to, to do one of those. Um, I mean, by the time I got to New York, I was too old to do any of the, the, the younger women or, but I really wanted to do one of those mothers at some point and then james mcdonald offered me true west you know at the roundabout a couple of years ago uh the mother in that in that she comes on at the end and uh and you know she doesn't have that much stage time or that many lines and uh, I, I just said yes without 
thinking about it. I wanted to do, I always wanted to do Shepherd, you know. It was one of the hardest roles I have ever worked on. I mean, we started previews. I didn't feel as if I had any kind of steering wheel in my hands until maybe the fourth preview or something. I just, it he, he sort of, bless his heart, uh, un underwrites some of those women, you know, and I mean, with two characters like those two guys, you know, and uh, and uh, it just, and James uh, McDonald, he, he was so helpful, and it was just, you know, sometimes it just takes a it just takes a while uh, for the pieces to settle in, you know, the, the, what he mentioned to me, what, what James said one day, and then what he said another day, what, you know, because he was trying to help me find a place, um, you know, to, to bring her from, to yeah. where, where, where she was coming inside to do that. And, um, and I just, at the very beginning, I just, ah, uh, I, I just, I was, I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. And then, and then finally, thank God it, it came. And then, and then I had fun doing it, but it took a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> something just, um, it clicked and it was something between my just getting there in my process and, finally actually hearing something that he was suggesting yeah i uh, in in infinite life um that speech mostly in the dark where i say this is the night you heard me screaming yes and you remember that Yes, absolutely. I have to say, I thought that was the best moment in the play. It was just so oh, wonderful. Well, I, I, we were, we were up to previews before I really computed. It really computed with me how to do that, and and because he didn't, because it wasn't he and Annie. It wasn't to be dramatized and 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 the language i would say but she's saying things like like this is the the pain feels like hellfire and using words like agony and they're just these strong words i don't know how much yeah and then finally it was like it, it's 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 a scene you know after the which is no longer in pain and when she's like coming and speaking to um, Sophie about what happened that night now that she's not in the middle of it of dealing with it you know and in earlier drafts of the play there was screaming and stuff and then Annie uh re I think realized that it it would be much more forceful to help the audience to imagine that. Yeah. You know, than to have the actor acting that out. And, and, you know, and, and so that's what came to dictate the rhythms and the, yeah. I, I'm so glad you like that.
Yes, yes, you have worked with a lot of great directors and even across a lot of different generations of directors. And what do you think makes an ideal collaborator for you in that way? I I, I think it's what the material demands. Um, Like James and Annie were very hands-on with infinite life. And um, in a way that most of us aren't used to. And as actors, you know, I mean, um, walking slower, um, the length of the pause, turning your head to look at someone in in uh in some of the scenes where the five of us are on these lounge chairs you know and and each one is reacting differently and then there are times when you know they do it together and that was part of the um yeah that 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 kind of had to come from outside i mean it's um you know there was a lot of of controlling information there and 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 um and and uh, you know not not overselling things not going for the laugh not you know bringing a because Annie's very funny you know she writes this stuff that 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 really it, it, there are wonderful laughs in this you know and then right then the next thing you know it's this is agony in its purest form you know <laughs> <laughs> and so this required that and and it it was hard to to get um it 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 was hard to get used to but you knew they were right (laughs) and and um that that's just the way this script works no i mean walk slower mary louise slower slower than this you know slower (laughs) and it's you know there's that one little scene there that's most of it is just me walking slowly across the stage you know where i come in and i put the hat on on sophie's head and, right. and stuff like that slower Mary, slower <laughs> you know <laughs> and and i mean it really did help it was he was right darn it you know <laughs> it really did put me in touch more with the character's limitation right and 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 her you know i mean she's still willing to run this errand for someone who was young enough to be her granddaughter or something you know and and uh and so i'd love to ask about the experience of working with larry david on fish in the dark on broadway oh my goodness that what a mixed bag that was you know he had never done a play before and he and he i just admired him so much well you know it's funny it's a funny it's just a funny place the deep whatever it's a it's a funny play and he could write comedy you know and uh but but he he 
done a play before. So I just admired him so much for uh, uh, doing eight shows a week, uh, uh, you know, in the leading role in it. And uh, he wasn't unapproachable or anything. And, uh, you know, he, 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 and he took us all to a Mets game. <laughs> and, uh, and he, um, uh, you know, when there was an extension, you know, he he really wanted Jason Alexander to do that because I think he was just really, really burnt out from it. Because, you know, and he was also uh uh he 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 was living away from home, you know, he was he wasn't um a, uh, accustomed just taking care of the the, the everyday housekeeping of your life was, you know, is it took getting used to. And uh, uh, I really liked him. I mean, uh, I I think I think we all did. The hardest thing was coming out after the show, and there's like two hundred people waiting for that gate to open, and. And when it was you who came out of that gate instead of Larry David, whom they were all wanting to see, you just wanted <laughs> oh, right. You just want to put down your head and just scurry. <laughs> <laughs> and um generally when you're in a rehearsal process for a play, do you ever like to make suggestions to the writer or I mean, I would certainly feel free to discuss it. I'm sure David, Lizzie Rare and I have, have probably talked about certain moments or something in 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 rehearsals. In just, um, I mean, if I really, if something it just wasn't playing right, and the writer was present, I I certainly wouldn't mind asking. Right, you know asking about it or you know what are we doing here i don't know i can't remember a specific instance but and so i'd be curious too is there a role a specific role that you would like to play or would like to have played i don't know whether i have a long day's journey into in me you know, or or something. Uh, when you talk about some of the, uh, you know, the 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 great roles of uh, theater, um, you know, the history and stuff. Um, I don't care that I've never done Shakespeare. For example, I mean, it doesn't matter to me that I've never done it. <laughs> Uh, and and I'm probably that's quite a brash thing to say. It's it's very smart ass, isn't it? I don't care if I didn't do Shakespeare. I did David Lindsay a bear, you know. But, <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, I probably really hit it off with Shakespeare too, you know. <laughs> but I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> And in order to conclude our interview, I'd like to ask sort of two final questions. One of which would be, you talked a little bit about how like eight shows a week is, is a big commitment, of course. And I'd be curious to know what it's been like kind of aging in the industry. And of course you're still working so much. And I, I, You know, I, 
I I feel as if I've I've sort of um I've sort of aged into roles that are attractive to me. Right. You know what I mean? So that I don't I don't I, I guess I don't have regrets. You know, like I've even um I've done some lovely little recurring roles, you know, on TV shows and, 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 and uh, the ones I either audition for or are hard for are the ones with that, you know, that with a quirk (laughs) (laughs) that makes them really interesting, you know, and, uh, you know, and there's nothing boring about them or you know that they yeah I don't know I know if you saw Ozark I I had a role in that and I yeah and I in in uh in one season of that and stuff and I I I feel fortunate because uh you know people think of me for for things that are specifically interesting to me too you know and that's and that's nice yeah and then the last question i'd love to ask you is with such a great career what advice would you give to someone just starting out as an actor oh my goodness i i have no idea I really, I have no idea. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. I, I just, I, you know, because my own path was so different, you know. And uh, I wish I could think of something wonderful to say. And I, I, I can't because I, it, 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 you know, I, I had my own. A journey that started in New York a long time ago, you know, that when when the realities were different from now, you know, when it was in a way easier to get more exposure right away, even if you didn't come straight out of a training program or something, you know. I don't I don't know all of the realities that people are dealing with today you know with uh, young people who are dealing with today i really i'm sorry right no no problem <laughs> and thank you thank you so much for doing this it's been such an honor to meet you and to talk to you it's been an honor to meet you it's been fun to talk with you thank you Listeners, thank you for tuning in, and make sure to come back next time when I will be joined by Oscar-nominated actress Leslie Ann Warren. Leslie Ann Warren was Oscar-nominated for Victor Victoria, and her other screen roles include Clue, The Happiest Millionaire, Will and Grace, Cinderella, Pure Country, and the one and only genuine original Family Band. She's also starred on stage in Draft the Cat, 110 in the Shade, Dream, Gone with the Wind, and more. You won't want to miss that episode, so make sure to tune back in for that, and thanks for listening.